Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. Can you hear me? Does that work? Okay. Well, everybody, welcome to Dirtfish. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to our second annual Women in Motorsports Summit. Yeah. We absolutely recognize that you could be anywhere in the world right now. And we have a lot of people tuning in from around the world. We've got the live stream running. Um, last I checked in. I'm Amanda Skelly and I'm from Waterford, Michigan. I actually compete in stage rally. I've been doing it for over 10 years. And knowing that Michelle Mouton is actually in the States and it's something that I never thought I would see. So that and just being a woman in motorsports, I wanted to come see what it's all about. And you know, hopefully meet her before we leave. So my name is Vila Chat, and I'm from New York. I started uh, co-driving when I was 18, and um, I reached a point in my life where I'm like, I'm sick of being a passenger, I wanna be a driver. It's my turn to be in the driver's seat. So I want to inform myself and start taking the right steps in that direction. I'm Denisa Roberts, and I'm from right here in Snoqualmie, and I'm here because I'm super proud of what Dirtfish does in general. So I'm not a rally driver, but I'm a motorsports girl. Ann Wilson from Bellevue. I'm a woman scientist and I want to start getting into go-kart racing and I thought this was a perfect inspirational place to come. My husband, who knew I wanted to do this, heard about it. He heard it on the news. You know, I always liked the idea of speed. My husband um, and I had a conference race car, but he was the driver and I was like the supporting person and that, that didn't turn my crank, but the idea of just losing yourself for a day on a go-kart and challenging yourself and learning um, is what interests me. My name is Ray and I am from Springfield, Oregon. We are huge Dirtfish fans. I wanted to come here last year but it was on a weekday so I couldn't make the event and I'm super excited that it's a Saturday. As a woman who is who races and is in motorsports, like to just be able to hang out with our peers in a not super stressful environment is is just it's amazing and getting to hear everybody's stories is also super cool i'm lisa o'sullivan host of spin the rally pod on dirtfish.com finally visiting seattle and the mothership that is dirtfish hq because just a few days after International Women's Day, Dirtfish threw open its doors to welcome motorsport fans from near and far. The aim for women in motorsport to hear from the pioneers and to share their experiences. With female-owned food trucks businesses, with female-owned food truck businesses fueling the fans and a band on hand, there was plenty of entertainment. It was the panels that were in the spotlight. You can listen back in full to them here on dirtfish.com. But seeing as I was here, I took my opportunity to talk to the exceptional women presenting on the panels. My name is uh, Michelle Mouton and uh, I am vice world champion in 1982 of uh, World Rally Championship. I won four majors events and uh, I am the first woman to win so far at this level. So it's fair to say it's been far too long that we've had any other women yeah. challenging at the top of the pile and there's a whole list of reasons. I've created a tick list here to go through of all the reasons why you did what you did and perhaps you can explain why we haven't managed to get uh, help another woman or another woman hasn't done that. So I'm going to start with talent because obviously you have the talent to be up there and compete and beat the best. And the question I am asked by people who perhaps don't know the sport too well, say, 
aren't there any women talented enough or good enough to be competing at the top of the World Rally Championship? For sure they are, because, um, you know, if I did it, I, am, I, I consider myself as a normal person. Um, I just have been uh, maybe lucky to do this sport at my time, uh, because my time rallying was uh, an endurance sport. You know, we were driving night and days, and uh, women are very strong uh, at this level. Um, and, um, you know, I, I just took this challenge. Uh, I never wanted to become uh, anything or even rally driver. I didn't know what was motorsport at age of 22 when I started. So it's just, for me, a question of uh, motivation, work, 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 and uh, a bit of luck because I have been given the same condition as my as men in the sport. Uh, and I think this was an incredible advantage compared to a lot of women that I know who have been in motorsport, but more difficult to get the trust of a manufacturer and uh, so not to get this material. Very often they, they had the, the car for the previous year. And so if you don't have all that together, it's uh, maybe more difficult to succeed. So you need the right person, the right time with the right material. And I think I was lucky enough to get all that. And of course, you had great support. Your first team manager was your father, yeah. who believed in you, but also expected you to prove that you were prepared to put in the work. No, let's say he knew he knew my character and I was excited for anything. I was ready for anything, any challenge. And uh, so he tried to control and say and said to me, if you are not good enough at the end of the year, you will stop. So for me at that time, up, the click was there and uh, I wanted to show him that I was able to do that. So uh, I think he knew he knew my character and uh, he controlled it quite well. When you when you were competing, you, you've spoken about how there were more women actually involved in rallying than there are now, that it has shifted sort of contra to Formula One, where Formula One was less popular then. Exactly. And had uh, fewer mm. women involved, but mm -hmm. is, it's, it's flipped the other way. Why do you think this is? I think because my time uh, rallying was uh, more important than Formula One. And that today is exactly the opposite. Today is uh, Formula One first. So I think it's going with a, you know, with a time. Uh, it was n so many women uh, in, in motorsport and my time in rallying. It was even rally only for women. Uh, so uh, I think uh, today it will be impossible. And, um, but I, I think it's just you know, motorsport is difficult for men and it's difficult for women I, the same way. I mean, you need to find budget, you need to find a good team, you need to find the way to show that, to prove that you are a good driver. Um, and it, it's not easy. So, I mean, at the end, uh, you, you try to do the best you can and uh, sometimes you have all this condition who try to who are helping you in the way to succeed and sometimes you don't find it even I, I know good very good driver but also they, they were not maybe driver as good as I was even maybe better but they were not serious enough they, they didn't uh, uh, they didn't give everything they could they, they were taking it just for fun and uh, they didn't manage to to have this result I think I have tried to be, you know, quite perfectionist and try. So you need also the right person at the right time. But there is so many uh, young women, maybe more talented than I was. But then you need all the work going with that to, make, to be able to make a success. Obviously, what you put in, you're going to get out. Nothing worth having is easy. Is, is no, one of the phrases no, no, no. You as have well. to. You have, it's not because you want to to do something that you manage to do what you want. Of course, it will be too easy, 
but you have to fight for it. I have been fighting and pushing my limit and, uh, you know, it was really hard. And the, the car I was driving at that time without uh, any power steering was uh, incredible. And uh, I've been, uh, you know, fighting, 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 you know. And um, so nothing is easy. You, you need to work, you need to... And, uh, okay, in, in, in regarding women in this sport, I think we are not enough to be able to have many at the top because it's not easy, even for, for boys it's not easy, you know. To you've, you've described the pyramid. Could you explain this excellent analogy about how for men the pyramid is wider at the base than it is for women? Yeah, it is because, you know, uh, the, 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 the base of the pyramid is very narrow for, for, for women and it's very huge for, if you know that we have only 5% of women involved in motorsport, so it's... We are far from from men's level, so I mean, if you, we don't increase this base, you will not find many girls at the top because it's difficult to go to the top, and especially in Formula One, it's even harder. Uh, and and so, if if we don't increase the base, it's, if we not are not making young girls aware of this sport that. Is, and it's not only on competition level, but it's all the job and all the possibility that you, you have to be involved in motorsport at all level. If we don't increase this base, if we don't have the quantity, we will not have the quality. So we need to be more and more uh, to be able to find more women at the top in competition, but also, you know, as an engineer, as an official, as a volunteer, as a designer, as a anything. I mean, we need more women in this sport. But it's not because it's, a, it's we have to attract them. We have to show them the, that you can have your, your life very satisfied by do, being just an official because it's so important to have officials in, in, in rallying. I mean, without them, we cannot make any rally. So, you know, we have to show that motorsport is fantastic adventure and that uh, it's open to all. Motorsport, uh, particularly rallying, is is one where the officials are very well respected and very well treated as well by competitors, which is something you don't see in a lot of other sports, do you? Yeah, it's very important. And you know that those people, most of them, they are they are just volunteer, you know. They, they spend their days and nights uh, uh, along the road waiting that the car going through and that safely and so important. So, I mean, it's uh, very rewarding to be an official. It's, uh, of course, competition maybe give you more adrenaline, but uh, it's not enough. I mean, we need a lot of uh, women more involved in motorsport. When you were competing as well, you, you mentioned briefly that um, when you first started, there, were, there was an event for women only that, that yeah. you first started competing in. We've seen the W Series in... Uh, women's most sport. Do you think there's an argument for bringing single-sex competition in in rallying or not? Or where where are the flaws no, in that? No, no, no. I don't think I don't think it's good uh, in in racing. In rallying, it's different because uh, you know you have the driver, you have the co-driver, you have the the team. Is 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 different in the way that we were doing rallying. I will say more for publicity than for competition itself uh, the we series that you are talking about for me it's a it's kind for me it's kind of discrimination for women why to put them apart when you have the chance to do a sport where it's open to all and you can compare to all and it's only one way to drive fast it's not 10 10 ways of driving fast it's only one way men or women it's only one way to go fast so for me uh, I always say that you know to have the Wiseri. If the Wiseri brings you to 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 go the step after that and to go join the category uh, above that, uh, then it will be okay. But just to have women driving by themselves, where you have the level of the best one, who is very far from what a man can do, uh, I don't see the, the the point. I mean, it's just promotion. But it's not, for me, it's, uh, 
not the, the right way and to, to be sure that you will have somebody who will reach Formula One coming from the Wissery. No way. No way. So back to rallying, we, we have a, an issue with dwindling support from uh, manufacturers. It, it's concerning that the, the championship has fewer fewer cars racing at the top level, which make, would make it even harder yeah. for, for a woman to get one of those yeah. very precious seats. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But motorsport, it's, uh, it's, not, uh, it's not an easy sport. And uh, you have so many people starting and uh, it's not sure that you will reach the top. You know, it's an exclusive sport. It's not really popular sport. Um, you know, and uh, it's not, it's, even if it's open to all, it's, it's reserved for few. And, uh, and uh, it's true that the seats are not easy to find, and especially in rallying today. It's easier, in, I think, in, uh, in racing than in, in, uh, in rallying. Finally, what would you say that rallying has given to you over the years? I think uh, rallying uh, allowed me to, to know myself better, um, to know my limits. So I, I didn't think I could go all the way up. Um, I want it, but you are never sure that you can get there. And, uh, you know, when finally you, you manage with the same car, because I always compare with my teammate and not you know, you are able to do the time they were doing. It's a fantastic satisfaction. And uh, I think I learned a lot about myself. And, you know, it's a fantastic school. Rallying is a fantastic school of uh, self-confidence, self-control. And, um, and I enjoy it very much. I had a lot of fun and uh, it was a fantastic time. Thank you very much. <laughs> I love rally and doing it myself, just being around the positive influence of women. The panels were awesome, got a lot of motivation, a lot of kind of next steps for me. It was amazing. I, I love that they took everybody from as competitive of a driver as Michelle to a mechanic that has, you know, started at the bottom and worked her way up as well. It was a really good variety um, of panelists up there. Very impressed. Just, I, I've heard about a lot of them. I've, just never. So I was just really impressed with their their realness and I think the idea that women not seeing themselves as a woman but just a person. I teared up a few times today so I've been involved in rally for a very long time since the mid-70s. Michelle Mouton being a hero of mine from when I was very young. Yeah. Obviously uh, there's a lot of what drove me to come up and be here. I think they were amazing, and I think um, they helped boost my confidence and the whole imposter syndrome. It's very real, especially for females, and uh, it was very nice to get that boost back. My name's Treya, and I'm from Lacey, Washington. Me and her both co-drive for rally teams, and we wanted to come and support other women. I loved it. I love the support. I love the community. I love that people were able to ask questions and just you know, get more involved, figure out how we can get more involved, how we can get more women into this, how we can get more people into this, more volunteers like they were talking about. We need volunteers like Olympus almost shut down, Tour de Forest almost shut down because we didn't have enough volunteers. So the ideas and being able to bounce ideas off of each other so we can be like, oh, you know what, we didn't think about that. So we can help broaden the spectrum of it and maybe get into World Rally. That would be amazing. I am Panela Solberg, and just to put it quite short, I would say then I found this out before, CEO and maybe manager of Team Solberg, among a lot of other things. I am involved in 13 different companies. I'm on the board of six different in my family's companies uh, in the car sales. Um, we have dealerships in six different locations where I live, uh, selling both road cars and trucks, um, and then Peter and I have a lot of companies as well, uh, so I'm involved in many different things. But I think rally-wise, it's more managing Peter and Oliver. I'm never going to say I'm too busy again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's lot. It's a lot to do, but it's different things, and everything gives you different kinds of energy. You're involved in many things, and you keep active, and I love that. Well, it's been a spectacular day here at Dirtfish. Oh, yeah. um, 
what, what have you thought of the day? I thought it's, it's absolutely amazing just to meet all these incredible women and for, for Josie to put this up, you know, to have this panel. I think it's really important because it just showcases all the different cool jobs you can have uh, in in the world of motorsport and in rallying especially. So I think it's been it's been a real joy for me to be part of it and we've had so many positive reactions afterwards. So just huge, huge thank you to 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 them here to inviting for inviting me and to be part of it I've, I've loved it it's been really interesting listening to the panelists and uh, you were with Michelle Mouton and with Rihanna and Gelsomino extraordinary women all of you but the the strong note that came over to me was the fact that you don't see yourselves as strong women no. uh, per se you just see yourselves as good at what you do yeah. and that gender doesn't really play a part of it and yet from outside the sport people go oh it's a woman doing yeah. that and and for a lot of people i know you, you've grown up in norway and mm. gender is very much not an issue no, as part of what you do how strange is it to you that people still come with that mindset i think for me it was really strange to have you know a women's summit you know why would you need to make it so special uh, but the more i've traveled and the more i've seen of you know of the world i can tell and i understand that it's not the same opportunities for boys and girls, depending on what country you actually grow up in. I had a very good support from my mum and dad. You know, it was never an issue that me and my sister couldn't do this or that because we were girls. I never heard that. I never had that in my mindset, you know, that it was different because I was a girl. Maybe when I get older and I, I see things from other perspectives, I can understand that it is a difference. But uh, no, so it's all for us who are already in the sport. I haven't really noticed, but it's good to put the finger on it. And actually, if we then can help or inspire someone by doing this, I think it's fantastic. A question that has crossed my mind, you have a fantastically talented son who has also chosen to follow both you and his dad in the world of rallying. Potentially, if you'd have had a daughter and she had shown an interest in rallying, do you think things would be exactly the same as it as they are currently? You know, Oliver's competing at the highest level in the World I Rally Championship. So. I hope so. I don't think I would have treated them differently if I had a girl. Uh, I really hope I would have, you know, given her the same opportunities as I've done for Oliver. And, and the motorsport follow wasn't like, you know, and how do you say, like, it wasn't obvious. So he tried so many different sports when he was growing up. I took him to tennis, dancing, ice hockey, football. I wanted him to to try and see a lot of things just so he didn't sort of end up in motorsport just because Peter and I was there. So I really deliberately showed him many different things and I I hope I would have done the same for my girl, you know? (laughs) So a a question again that people from outside the sport will, will look and they'll say, why aren't there more women competing at the higher levels? And it's something that's been really dug into across mm. the day at the summit today, which is really interesting. Michelle discussing how the base of the pyramid is slightly mm. narrower for women. And you, you pointed out very rightly that there, there are limited seats at the top yeah, as well. It is. It's difficult. It's not a lot of manufacturers now in the sport at the moment. And I think that's very, very fragile for our sport. It's a big, big uh, negative thing we need more manufacturers in to build it stronger because if you have more availability on the on the top of the sport I think it also sort of uh, filters through and it will give more opportunity and, and make the sport bigger in general and uh, I think it is a male dominated sport you know from a long time back it's been mostly men who've driven cars who's taken their driver's licenses um, so it's a very male-dominated sport anyway. But I think then it's also equally important that we who are girls in the sport understand that we are somehow maybe a model, role model for someone and that we can help or facilitate to make it easier for other girls who want to come in. But again, I don't see it, you know, like, oh, I'm a girl, I can't do it. You can do it. It doesn't matter, you know, you just... Do what you want to do. Try and sort of persuade and go after your dream. Chase your dream. um, And don't think too much that you are restricted because you're a girl. You can do it. There's no no reason why a woman shouldn't be able to do it just as well as a man. Do you think as well that some women have a responsibility to 
take their opportunities and to put themselves forward that some people may be standing there waiting for someone yeah. to help them and show the way where actually they need to actually just crack on with it themselves. It's all about what you want. It has to come from you and it's your inner drive that sort of gives you the opportunity or sets or holds you back. It has to come from you and it doesn't matter how many opportunities there are if you don't take them. You need to sort of really, you know, push yourself to go after your dream, chase your dream. I'm Jennifer, I live in Renton. So close to here. <laughs> and you are in the line for a thrill ride. Yes. How do you feel? Uh, excited. I can't wait. Have you been to Rally Comfort before? Nope. <laughs> what are you expecting? I don't know, lots of laughing because I like the adrenaline. <laughs> Christina, I'm originally German. I live in Seattle. Brilliant. You're looking forward to your thrill ride? Absolutely. You're going to tell me about it when you come out? Uh, with pleasure. I've admired, when I was a teenager, I admired Michel Mitton. And now here I am 40 years later. It there, Christina. How was that? That was fun. It's awesome. <laughs> Reminds me of what I love to do is driving with stick shift, with sliding, with uh, emergency brake. I love driving and active driving like that. So, do you think being here today's made you want to get back behind the wheel? Well, I drive every day. I have a motorcycle also. I did a safety course in Munich with BMW. I might consider doing a course. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm Rhiannon Jolsmino and I'm a professional co-driver and I'm currently co-driving the, in the American Rally Championship. Let me ask you about the ARA. It's only just got underway. We've had the first round and fewer rounds on it this year. But that doesn't cut the amount of preparation that a co-driver like you needs to make for a championship. No, yeah, lots of work goes into it, like you say. So next week, 100 Acre Woods, second round. We missed the first round. I'll be co-driving for Leah Block this year. I've been with Travis Pastrana the last three years, um, won the championship with him in 2021. So it's going to be nice to get in with a 16-year-old in a rear-wheel drive in a BRZ this year. So it's going to be fantastic. And so you're, you've got a very different role as a co-driver this year. You're, you're also in the kind of a, a bit of a stick, a bit of a carrot, a bit of a mentor as well. Yeah, a very different role this year. Uh, I was a PE teacher before I took up this full time. <laughs> so um, back when Ken and I made the deal, um, I think that he was thinking that I was a perfect person to be sitting next to his daughter. So obviously we've had some sad news at the start of the year, but I'm really excited that Leah's decided to continue racing and I can't wait to be that person beside her mentoring her. It's so exciting to see a 16 year old woman, young woman in the car, with the talent to, you know, go far in this, this industry. 
It's amazing. I mean, you know, Ken and Lucy have had their kids in motorsport from karting and that for a very long time because Ken and Lucy both uh, love, um, you know, racing. Um, so it's pretty exciting. There's also a 14-year-old daughter, Kira, and then an 11-year-old son, Micah, coming up. So we might have a few more blocks out there. But, yeah, Leah's definitely a talent. I was here at Dirtfish the other day doing some testing with her. First time driving rear-wheel drive. Last year she was in a front-wheel drive R2. So it's going to be a big change, but she wants to learn front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, and then move in to four-wheel drive so it's going to be really exciting well that's the right attitude isn't it and, and having siblings that have similar interests to you isn't a bad thing because it really does push you on doesn't it <laughs> I think it's wonderful you know most of my rallying has been with my brother Brendan so I think it's really cool that Leah has two younger siblings that are going to be wanting to be in her seat if she's not careful so being from a motorsport family myself I'm really excited to be involved in the block family racing we're so desperate to have some more female talent in the higher echelons of the sport. And obviously, Leah has the added burden of having uh, a reputation from her dad that everybody's going to be comparing and, and messing around with that kind of thing. How difficult do you think it's going to be this first year as well, just for her to be able to focus on her driving? Yeah, it's a really good point you make. We've already had some discussions about that. We're, uh, Alex and I have spent a lot of time with the blocks in the last couple of months, and uh, we've been discussing, you know, the pressure... The kid, you know, went from 199,000 followers on Instagram, which is already a lot, to nearly 800,000, you know, in a, in a week um, after Ken passed away. So there's a lot of pressure because, like you say, her dad was the amazing person he was in motorsport and car industry and all those sort of things. And, and she's the oldest of the children coming up. And, you know, a lot of people started following her, wanting to see which way she goes. So... For me, in my role, it's going to be really important that we focus on the important things like writing good pace notes and focusing on her skills in the driver's seat. Where can we be making up time? Where can we be improving every rally? So I think I'm going to have to, you know, shelter a little bit. Uh, we have park exposés in America where we have a lot of people turn up and I think there's going to be a, a lot of people there, you know, asking her questions and things like that. And one of my roles will be, you know, to get her focus in the right area and shelter her when I need to and, and I think take on that, you know, big, big sister, Auntie Rhiannon role. You've been able to, to come through the sport and learn as a co-driver, but obviously because you're a woman, there are fewer women co-driving, there are more now than there have been. How have you been able to improve as a co-driver whilst perhaps having that constant nagging question? How <laughs> different is it for you being a woman? You're just a co-driver. Yeah, I think one of the coolest things that was ever said to me was Travis Pastranus was told, that's so wonderful you have a female in the car. And Travis said, I don't have a female in the car, I have the best in the car. And it was just wonderful for me to hear that because I knew that he didn't put me in the car because he felt pressure of having a female in the car or something. He put me in the car because he truly believed I was the best person for him. So I think that's really important if you work your ass off and, and you make things happen. Like obviously I started with my brother many, many years ago and we were these two little Australian kids going and doing the Junior World Championship. Um, and that's really rare in itself that you have a brother and sister. And, and at that point in time, I was one of the only females back then as well. And I was always asked this question, but I never thought of myself being a woman out there. I just thought of me being a co-driver and I really wanted to work hard and go as far as I could. Uh, right now, my passion and goal is still to be World Rally Champion one day. Um, whether that will happen is really on me, you know what I mean? Like living in Europe is really important. So there's always steps and ways that you can make opportunities happen for you. Um, I become American Rally Champion because I worked hard. I positioned myself in America, which meant I had an opportunity to work with Travis. So I just think that you need to open up the doors and make opportunities happen a lot of time rather than sitting back and just saying, oh, you're so lucky or I wish I could do that when you have to make it happen. There's a lot of talk about trying to open up pathways to, you know, encourage more women into the sport. And there has to be something to be said that to be it, you have to see it. And there may be uh, something that I've, I've kind of keep hearing this morning is that a lot of the women who are here today, these fantastic women in motorsport who are at the top of their game, came to it slightly later than perhaps their male um, counterparts would have done, you know, late teens, early 20s. Do you think that we need to make, um, it's not necessarily about creating a pathway, but just showing that we have a female ARA co-driver champion, just not, not showing that you're female, but actually being able to see, I'm, I'm making no, complete no. Hamish in this question, but seeing you as a co-driver, will open the way for someone who's 14 or 15 years old thinking, actually, 
I can do that. And I want to be her, but actually I want to be better than her. No, I, I love what you're saying. I think it's really important. One of the biggest things for me is I do want to be a female role model. I do want young girls to look at me and say, I want to be doing what she's doing. And like you say, be better than that. So I think that I don't need to say that I'm a girl. It's pretty obvious. But I think those little <laughs> girls that come up to me in Park Expose and say, Re, one day I want to do what you're doing. I think that's the role model I want to be. I don't necessarily want to say, you know, it's really hard. It's challenging. Yeah, I've faced many challenges. Um, there's been some setbacks that I had in WRC. And, and I know it was because I was a woman. I was told that. Um, so I'm not saying that there is, isn't some challenges that we come up against. There is. But at the same time, like you say, I'm that girl that they see. And a lot of young girls, I'll hear them say, that girl sits with Travis. And so it's really cool because a lot of them may have known Travis in different areas. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like uh, so many times they're like, oh, you're such a badass. Whereas I'm like, you know, well, I'm just, I sitting with Travis is like a dream come true, winning the American championship, all those sort of things. But those little girls now see me out there and they think that, hey, it's possible for them as well. So that's definitely important for me. Um, and I just hope that, you know, there is other young girls that have the passion and desire that I've had and, and work hard and, and hopefully get to the levels I have. Are you seeing more of it, do you think? Yeah, 100%. My um, training business, Osrelli Pro, I would say we're, we, we were at like a quarter of our students were females. We're more at a third of our students now. Uh, we had a, a co-driver course on the weekend here at Dirtfish and it was 12 students and four of them were female. So we're definitely growing in numbers. I feel like there's a lot of co-drivers that are becoming you know, have females that are starting over here, the drivers not so much. So hopefully that can, you know, start to happen. But obviously to be a driver, you need some money behind you. But um, co-driving, if people ask me and they're like, I don't have money, I then steer them in the way of, hey, well, you can be a co-driver. You need a helmet, you need a suit, you need a hands device, away you go. You know what I mean? You don't need a rally car. So I think that for me personally, when I've got young girls asking about how they get in the sport and they don't have money, I've been really explaining to them about how cool co-driving is. And you may not be driving, but it's still an amazing experience, and which took me all over the world to so many countries. And if you want to change seats, then it is possible. I mean, Michelle Mouton started off. So most, most of the great women drivers have started in the co-driver seat and learnt from perhaps a great driver next to them as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point you make. When I look at it and think about that too, maybe you're young, you're only 18, and like co-driving is your way into the sport because you don't have, then you might earn some money, you have a good job. And then by the time you're like 25, seven years down the track, you could think about driving. So that's the way I encourage it, especially for young people that rally is an expensive sport, but there is ways that you can get into it still. And what would you say you have got from the sport? Uh, I mean, rally's my life. It's everything to me. Um, I found the man of my dreams, Alex. Uh, we were both doing the world championship when we met. So we've been um, together for 11 years now and we both love and passion. Rally is everything to us, you know what I mean? We have a training business where we teach rally as well. So when I say that, I literally mean rally is everything. It's given me so many things. Like I think I've rallied in nearly 20 countries all over the world. This little country girl from Australia who at one point in my life, <laughs> I didn't even have a passport or had no you know, ambitions to leave Australia. I first left Australia at 28 years old and I'm 42. Um, so who would think that, you know, things would happen that late for me and they did. So I guess that rally has just opened my eyes up and given me more in life than I could ever expected. So, I mean, I'm, I asked about how we could get younger people into the sport. If you're in your 20s, 30s, it's never too late either. 100%. Yeah, like I said before, the first time I left Australia, I was 28 years old. So I feel like, you know, I started co-driving 23, 24. So you definitely don't have to think you're too old. I've got so many friends that say, I'm 30, I can't start now. I'm like, 30 is perfect. You're really organised. You're more OCD. You're probably good at logistics by that stage. Maybe at 18, we're not so organised and can't do as good a job. So, yeah, I definitely never think you're too old, especially with co-driving. I think you know yourself a bit better as you get older. Certain things get much better <laughs> as you get older. They say the best co-drivers are older too, so there you go. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of John Kennard. Kennard. Yep, yeah, yep, there you go. Kevin yep. Patton's co-driver. Yep. Uh, he keeps trying to retire. He keeps coming <laughs> yeah, he back. Does. It's like Frank Sinatra he keeps <laughs> coming back. He's awesome, John. <laughs> He's great. Always brings a case of wine with him, which is always fantastic yeah. as well. <laughs> Um, finally, we've got this fantastic Women in Motorsport Summit here at the Mothership, as I call it, Dirtfish. It's, it's something special, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's amazing. I was involved last year as well. Um, Alex and I started doing our training here with Osrelli Pro at Dirtfish in 2020. So we love coming here. The rumors have built an amazing facility. Um, I, I, I've been to many different rally schools around the world, and I think this is one of the best there is. And to, you know, Josie's hard work on this Women in Motorsports Summit, it's something like we've never had before. So to think we've got Michelle Mouton here, who when I was growing up, I would watch videos of her with my dad and just think this is absolutely incredible. And now I'll be sitting on a panel with her today. I've known her since 2010, and she's always an inspiration to me. And I, I just think this is amazing. I got hooked because I wanted to learn to work on cars. My stepdad was a transmission specialist when I was a kid, and I wanted to learn. Uh, so I started learning and then as an adult. And then they're like, let's build a race car. I'm like, okay, let's build a race car. And they're like, the passenger seat's yours. I'm like, all right, sounds good. And I just kind of went with it and love it. I've been doing it for four years, and I love it so much. I've done autocross. I've done, I've done rally as a driver and a co-driver. I've done... Um, sprints, I've done hill climbs. Car racing has always been a huge part of my world and part of my family. Um, so like, I don't know if I like archery, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I think that, I think there's a lot of women out there who just, it's not that they don't think they wouldn't like it. I think it's just never occurred to them that they might. So what they, one of the things they were talking about with media is that with more media, thank you, opens up the door to more people hearing, seeing, and going, maybe I should try it, and maybe they'll try it and they will like it. Or maybe they'll try and go, hey, I'm pretty good at this. I think this is cool. I will like it. But you don't know unless you know it exists. So, yeah, my name is Leanne Janella. I am the Canadian delegate on the FIA's Women in Motorsport Commission. I am the director of uh, Women in Motorsport Canada, and I am an active rally co-driver. Well, let's talk about the co-driving first. Um, what, what, what class are you co-driving in, and when was your last event? Uh, so most of the time I co-drive for Dave Wallingford, who uh, runs the Savage Rally Sport team out of Ohio. So we run mostly in the U.S. We've done events in Canada and Mexico together. Um, and then I also run sometimes with Jason Bailey, who is a driver out of Vancouver, Canada. So my last event was with Jason. Um, it was the Big White Rally in December. And uh, <laughs> he was debuting a brand new Rally 3 car. And unfortunately, we... Um, managed to flip it over, um, so we didn't finish that event, but um, but it was nice to sit in yet another one of the Ford Fiesta platforms. And you walked away, which is always a good thing. Exactly. So how did your love of rallying blossom? Um, so when I started up in motorsport, I had just gotten my driver's license. And so what age would that be? Uh, well, I was I was actually about 18 or 19. I didn't get my driver's license till I was 18 because I didn't need it. Um, and I felt like they had taught me how to park more than how to drive. And so I was looking around for opportunities to get more driving experience. I stumbled across my local car club and I actually started in autocross and absolutely loved it. Um, got completely hooked on motorsport. I started volunteering as a flag marshal at our local racetrack. And then someone asked if I wanted to try rally. And I was a university student at the time. I said, sure. Got completely hooked on that. And then just tried to get better and better at co-driving. Um, and then eventually got picked up by the Subaru Canada rally team in 2011. And then sort of the rest is history from there. Having had a couple of thrill rides in a rally car, it is a constant source of amazement to me that somebody can be sitting looking at pace notes while they're being thrown around in a car. Can you remember your first experience reading pace notes in a car? Um, yeah, so in North America, when I started rallying, this is going to date me, but there were no pace notes. Um, it was all tulip rallies. And I definitely remember my first experience co-driving because everybody's a bit of a mess their first time. <laughs> um, but I got the hang of it as the event went on and, and just thought, wow, this job is so incredibly hard. I feel like I have to keep doing it to try and figure it out. Like, I really want to get better at this because it's so challenging. And um, uh, yeah, it just, it really gives you um, life skills. It's, it trains you to be very focused under 
what seem like chaotic conditions. You've never had any problem with motion sickness when you're, when you're reading the car? Um, no, I've been fairly lucky. Sometimes I take a little bit of a, a, an anti-nauseant, but for the most part, no, I'm very, I'm very lucky. I think that's almost a prerequisite <laughs> to being a successful co-driver. Yeah, definitely. And hold, <laughs> holding the map the right way up as well if, you, if you're working with the Tulip maps. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you've discovered rallying and, you know, you're co-driving and you said you wanted to get better at it. Was that for the driver you were driving with or was that with an ambition to, to move up into a, a bigger scale of rallying? Um, you know, I've always been mostly just competitive with myself. So definitely it was to just get better uh, with the driver I was sitting with, who's now my partner, Eric. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was really just wanting to master the skill for myself. And then as a result, I just started getting asked by more and more teams if I wanted to co-drive for them. And then I got more experience working on other teams and professional teams. And, and it just sort of, it sort of grew organically. I, I never, I never sought a career as a co-driver. And, and so I just feel very fortunate that I was able to do it as a career. I, I did it full-time for two years. And then I decided to go back to my, my regular career and try to be a responsible adult. <laughs> and now I just balance both. Yeah, rallying responsible adult. Does that, do they sit together? <laughs> I think they do. We're very responsible. Yeah, exactly. What uh, as well, away from the actual the note side of things? What other skills do you think a co-driver needs? Do you have to put in the hours in the gym? Do you, you know, uh, you have to do the practicing? I mean, a, a very famous co-driver once told me how she learnt an awful lot from her driver because he let her change the tyres the whole time whenever they picked up a wheel. I think he just sat in the car. Uh, yeah, car pushing is and tyre changing is part of the job description. So yeah, fitness is, is one thing. And uh, certainly I do train to stay fit for rally because I... Um, I don't, I'm afraid, <laughs> you know, having a messed up back or, or whatever. So I try to, I try to stay generally fit for that. And rally is also one of those kind of odd sports where you spend 80% of your time racing and 20% of your time training. And so, um, most sports would be the opposite. And I, I didn't make that quote up. I stole it from somebody and I can't remember who I stole it from. So don't give me credit for, for saying that, but (laughs) most of our wise person said, (laughs) yeah, very wise, wise person. And so, yeah, I think most other sports, you spend most of your time training and then a small percentage competing. So there's, there's certainly less training in rally, but, um, video review, particularly if I'm sitting with different drivers, I'll do video review because every driver has a different note style. Um, and you kind of have to adapt. And in, in my case, I sit with th- primarily three different drivers who have wildly different note styles um, and different numbering systems. So so I need to kind of adapt to that before every event. Um, you need to have a, a, an understanding of the rapport as well. You need to be a bit more intuitive about knowing when to spit the note out for a different driver, I would have thought, as well. Yeah, so I have um, I have one teammate who Dave likes the notes a little bit further ahead so he has more time to process Um, my partner Eric likes the notes as late as possible so that the only thing he needs to think about is the very next reaction he needs to make which um, is yeah just a different level of intensity in the car Um, and then the third driver Jason that I sit with um, has just a He's just switched his note system to a one to nine system. And so it's just a completely different numbering system. And he's somewhere in the middle in terms of timing. And so you just have to, you know, um, get yourself prepared before every race, depending on who you're sitting with. And, and uh, yeah, and it's, uh, I guess after you've been doing it for a while, it, it comes a little bit easier. So it's, ni- it's nice to still be competing. Now you do have a, a grown-up job. So, t- so t- tell me about your grown-up job um, and how did you get it? Uh, well, my grown-up job, I did a master's degree in environmental design a few years ago. And so I work at my local university um, in their architecture department and I do lab renovations, which... Uh, so I'm, I'm on the design side of, of these renovation projects and, and there's equally as much variety, I would say, in every lab project um, around the different faculties as there is in Raleigh with all the different events that you go to. So there's, 
there's transferable skills. It sounds so strange, but um, uh, I was very shy growing up, and so motorsport really, you know, you're you're sort of dropping into these places you've never been to before. And as a co-driver, it's your job to arrive in these places knowing exactly what to do, where to go, how to lead your team, how to be the logistics manager for your team, and and everyone's looking to you for help all of the time. And that transfers directly to my job at the university where um, everyone's looking for you uh, for advice about how to do these, how to how to design your lab in such a way that it's going to be functional for them. And so there's you know, a little bit less intensity and maybe more time on, in my regular job and in co-driving it's, it's much more intense. So yeah, motorsport really just makes everything else in life feel easier. <laughs> so the circus in town, it, it's the same thing but different. Yeah. 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 So you have the other title as well. You're, you're um, someone to respect in the FIA because you, you have another title there. Tell me about that as well. Yeah, I, I wear a lot of hats, I guess. Um, <laughs> it keeps me out of trouble. Uh, so yeah, my, my role is the Canadian delegate with the FIA. I'm very proud to be doing that work and um, representing my country. And um, we are, the, the commission with the FIA works to promote the participation of women in motorsport globally. And then I try to, as Canada's representative, really, you know, work on the ground in Canada and try to fulfill those mandates in, in Canada however I can um, through events and having a presence at as many major motorsport events in Canada as I can and um, through mentorship and connecting women who are in motorsport with other women and um, and uh, and through media attention wherever we can we can connect girls with um, you know publish stories about them and so really really kind of mirroring what the FIA is doing at the Canadian scale. Um, it's it's interesting the the more I talk to women who have succeeded and are prominent in motorsport that it hasn't necessarily started young it has been something that's come you know late teens or early 20s I mean Michelle Mouton wasn't really racing until her 20s and you know we we know how amazing, incredible she was. So there is an element of being seen to get the message out there to young girls that actually this is a pathway for them. Is that, how, how easy is that? Are we, are we talking about um, trying to encourage children, um, girls who perhaps have been dragged along because their brother's competing, which is, you know, has always traditionally been the case that the, the, the son is being pushed forward into motorsport, whereas actually the daughter would equally thrive. Yeah, I think that um, that age of girls and women getting into motorsport older, I think that'll change. Um, as the culture changes, um, girls will start to get interested younger because that's what all of these initiatives are for, is to really build that culture and build that that base of um, girls who can get into it younger. You know, I it was never on the radar for me. So I didn't really know it existed until I was grown up and had a car. And so I think that's, I mean, if you look around, there's there are, are women in motorsport groups everywhere and there's a, a real global push to get women up to the highest levels and also to grow that foundation of teaching young girls that they are welcome in motorsport. And it is definitely a a path, a legitimate path forward for them. And so I think that age will, will go down, more girls will get interested. And I think if I'm doing my job, um, eventually an interest in motorsport will, can and will um, go up through the female lines in families. So someone's sister might be carting and she gets her brother inspired to get into motorsport as well. And um, so I'm really excited about that possibility because I know it can and it will happen. Like, look at all the women who are here this weekend. It's once you really start looking around, there's a lot of women who are already in motorsport and it's such an awesome community of women who really want to support each other. Um, and so I'm just really excited to show as many people as possible that it 
it is an awesome community to be a part of and that you know that'll just that'll grow we just have to keep working at it finally do you think we need to have more women only events uh, as in on the competitive side of things do you think that is a a positive or a negative idea um i would say no um and that was one of um that was one of the big mandates that michelle had when she was uh chairing the commission as well and i i agree with her um that it's a very we're riding a fine line between um boosting up the women that are are in motorsport and encouraging more women to get involved but you you can't segregate like motorsport is already in such a an ideal position to be leaders in gender equality and the way to do that is to it's one of the only sports on the in on the planet that's already mixed gender and so that's a huge asset for us and i i don't think we can um i think it would be a mistake to start splitting out different championships so recognizing the women that are there and trying to help them up through the system as much as we can um but yeah no i don't think um separate championships for women is is the way to go just my opinion. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you so much. Panels were awesome. I followed those women, and just to see them in person, it's an inspiration. I really like them. I liked the diversity that they had. I know I've, I've never seen one of the panels before, but I know someone made a comment that this was the first time they had a mechanic on the panel, and I thought that was super interesting. I didn't know that there was... I mean, I knew that there were mechanics, but... Um, so I think just not knowing that there's not just the driver position is that if that was something you wanted to do, there's a mechanic, there's the admin team, there's the people who do all the stuff behind the scenes, I thought was really cool. And so I think that they did a great job getting that diversity. Okay, so my name is Heather Holler. I'm a freelance motorsport mechanic and basically people pay me to work on their race cars. How long have you been a mechanic, Heather? And when did you know that's what you wanted to do? Um... I have been a mechanic since about 2010, and honestly, it was about a year before that when I decided that's what I wanted to do. So you must have been like eight years old then. No, you're <laughs> so sweet. I was like 20, 21, something like that. So. There's, a, there's a real theme I'm noticing that the women that we have here today at Dirtfish, which is just an incredible uh, experience to have all these fantastically talented women, most women have discovered wo- motorsport later rather than earlier. It's not something that at the age of five they said, I'm going to do that. Why do you think it it took so long for you to find your calling? I don't know, to be honest. That's actually kind of a good question I've never really thought about because I grew up with a bunch of boys, you know, and it was always you got to keep up or be left behind. But it was more of like skiing and snowboarding and stuff like that. So throwing ourselves off of cliffs and, you know, whatever. But, um... No, my dad always said I would know what I wanted to do when it gave me the goosebumps and would bring a tear to my eye. And so I had a boyfriend take me to an autocross event. And, um, oh, God, it was the coolest thing ever. You know, so I, I, I beat him in his own car. <laughs> Sold my SUV two weeks later and bought my little Subaru. Oh. It's okay! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, how long did that relationship last? <laughs> I mean, all in all, almost six years, but not much longer after that. Well, my curiosity was aroused, you know, and I wanted to see what I could do. And, you know, growing up in Tahoe, a lot of people kind of, they stay, and I needed to go. So, so it, it's one thing driving a car, but it's a very different thing to want to get under the hood or to see how the brakes work or actually go and work out how to change the world. Could you do all of that on a car before then? No, no. I went to tech school barely knowing how to change my own brakes. <laughs> it was scary as hell. <laughs> but I really liked it. It was There was something about like conquering the machine, more or less, that felt really good. So I decided to pursue uh, the career, more or less. So what do you like about it? Do you like the getting dirty? Do you like the fact that you get something broken and you fix it? Or I think at first it was just that simple, because I was a dealership mechanic for Subaru for six years before I got into motorsport. And at that point, I just really enjoyed the conquering of the machine. And then I learned about motorsport and I could do this in motorsport. And it kind of, I started chasing the thrill of being under pressure and being constantly pushed to the limit. And there's something about that when you're, you know you're 
always on the edge and you conquer it somehow. <laughs> it's a really cool feeling. <laughs> yeah, somebody's been out there thrashing a car, you've got 20 minutes to turn it around and get it back on the road again. Yeah, it's wild. It's crazy. <laughs> and it's brought international travel for you. Is that part of it as well? You said some people wanted to stay in Tahoe. I mean, it's great. I mean, people, go, beautiful spot, people yeah. go there to, to ski and enjoy <laughs> yeah. a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Um, is the lure of traveling part of it as well? I think so. Um, my parents both grew up in big families, so they never really got to do that kind of stuff as kids. So when we grew up, we were always going places somewhere. Um, so I've always enjoyed traveling in languages as a whole. And then it just kind of was part of the deal, to be honest. And it was just an extra incentive, I think. So the pathway you've taken, when you first started out finding out what to do with the air gun and which wrench went where. How many other women were doing what you did? None that I knew of directly, to be honest. I huge inspiration was Jessie Combs and Miss Bogey with All Girls Garage, um, you know, and seeing those girls. And I knew Jessie had gone to Wyotech, and that was kind of like the rival school, you know. So I'm like, well, she did it. I can do it. Why not? Some people listening to this might not know about Jessie. Tell us a bit about Jessie Combs. Uh, Jessie Combs is the fastest woman on earth on four wheels. Um, unfortunately, she, she passed away breaking the land speed record. I think the numbers ended up just over 100, sorry, 440 miles an hour. Eye-watering. <laughs> yeah. wow. It's incredible. Yeah, it was crazy. So they have a documentary out on HBO Max about it. Um, and the cool thing about that is, is you can actually, they were filming for seven years before the accident. And so you get to hear Jesse's story from Jesse. But she was just a huge, huge inspiration, I think, to a lot of girls getting into the industry. So that was then. Mm-hmm. You couldn't see any other women necessarily doing what you were doing. How has that changed over the last few years? It's been has it? really cool. Yeah. Okay. No. So, like, I never saw another woman in motorsport as a mechanic up until, shoot, I think it was last season in WRC, M Sport had a lady under the under the cars there. Um, so that was really cool. I actually tried to work with M Sport just because I wanted to work with another female. <laughs> um, and then I was at Dakar and I actually got to speak with a couple ladies. They were two girls on the same team and they were super awesome and really welcoming and inviting. So it's cool because I've slowly started to see more and more ladies. When I went to school, I was one of 2000, 1000, whatever it was. And by the time I finished, I was in classes with three other girls. So there were a total of four of us in a class. No, so I'm, that was I'm, really I'm cool. terrible at maths, but is that like a 150% increase? Yeah, <laughs> 200 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Let's go bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it's cool. And so it is changing. And do you think that is because of people like you being seen to do it? That girls are looking at and thinking, well, I can do it. Whereas before... Everybody tells you, as a woman, you can do anything you want. But if you can't see somebody ahead of you on the pathway, sometimes it's difficult to be that trailblazer. Sometimes, like you, you just do it because that's what you want to do. But for others, they may need somebody to be lighting the way for them. Well, I think I actually needed someone for that little push to go to school, too, to be honest. I knew nothing about cars. I'm going to car school. What? No? (laughs) What did your mum say? Uh, but honey, you're a girl. And she didn't mean that in a bad way, you know. It's just you don't hear about girls saying, Mom, I'm going to go to tech school and work on cars. <laughs> so, but she thinks it's cool as hell. Her and my dad both, they, I think they get a kick out of it, telling people that their daughter works on race cars. <laughs> so what would you say to, to a young girl who is, is perhaps thinking about it or, or doesn't know what opportunities they do potentially have ahead of them? Oh my gosh, there's so many awesome opportunities. There really are. I mean, whether it's driving or throwing wrenches around, media, accounting, like there's always ways to find yourself in a motorsport. But I think specifically when it comes to working in the workshop, it's very difficult and you will probably be the only one. And you have to understand that you will be criticized a little bit more than the boys when you do make a mistake. We're human. It happens. Um... So just push through it, 
and it's okay. I think one thing that really helped me was, you know, you'd kind of see these mongrel looking dudes working on cars. I'm like, they're making a living out of it. I can do it. I'll be just fine. So like, just keep pushing through. It's always hard. It gets hard. But if you're a tough girl, you'll be just fine. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It does take a sort of back full circle in the sense that what are we doing here? We're, we're, we're representing. You know, this event is about representation and it starts young. Um, and that's, you know, that's the big goal that we keep coming back to. So I never want to end these panels. But it's that time. <laughs> but I have a few things to say, so don't leave quite yet. First of all, we want to say a huge thank you to our sponsors. Um, yes. <laughs> this is only our second event. This is our second annual Women in Motorsports Summit, and these guys trusted us to do something, you know? So we're really, really grateful to them. Um, thank you to every single one of you that came out here on your precious. Saturday, <laughs> on your precious Saturday. We love having you here. Um, it's just such, you know, these are the spaces that we need. These are the spaces that Dirtfish is really committed to continuing to create. Um, you know, we touched on imposter syndrome. We touched on a million things. Uh, but if you get one, one thing from this, from this day, um, regardless of gender, if you work really hard, you should be there. You know, the space needs you. Um, you matter. Your role in the space matters, even when it feels like maybe it doesn't. Um, and honestly, who do we owe it to? We owe it to ourselves to believe that we can do this stuff. Um, at the end of the day, all, the only person that we need to prove it to is ourselves. So we've been blessed with these incredible women that have sat on this panel today who have shown us exactly what it means to work really hard and get where you want to be. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.